Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. So is he live with us here, President of Public Citizen Robert Weissman. Today, Robert took part in a mass demonstration of civil disobedience, which is our First Amendment right, at the nation's capital. It was during the final day of protest known as Democracy Awakening. Our executive producer, Mark Grimaldi, was there, and you heard him interview the president of the CWA. Uh, This took place this past weekend. Now, Robert was not alone. More than 300 other people, dozens of organization leaders were arrested in an effort to have democracy reforms put forth. Well, obviously, First Amendment doesn't uh, have disobedience there, but it's a fine line. The message of Democracy Awakening is on voting rights, money, and politics, and the recent vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. The the resonating sound out of D.C. today, Congress is failing to do its job. Congress is ignoring the will of the people. More than a pleasure to have with us Robert Weissman, president of Public Citizen. He's been on before. Good to have you back, Robert. Good afternoon. Hey, Leslie. Great to be with you. Okay, Robert. First of all, I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. That was the cry of citizens. That was the cry of voters when it comes to money in politics, voting rights, and the recent vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, talk to us about your experience. You were one of those hundreds uh, arrested um, as a leader of an organization, president of Public Citizen, uh, as part of this Democracy Awakenings Congress of Conscience movement. Yeah, yes? you know, I think people across the country really are mad as hell. Um, and if you look at polling, it evidences that. So about 90% of the public thinks there's too much money in politics. 80% support a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. Those are just extraordinary numbers. So people really are angry. But we have a few problems uh, besides the vested interests we're trying to take on. One is that the politicians and the pundits think that everybody agrees, but no one really cares, that there's not enough passion and intensity around the demand. So people may actually be mad as hell, but they're not feeling that. They know everybody doesn't like what the situation, but they don't feel, they don't believe there's real anger and real commitment. And the idea of the Democracy Awakening mobilization was really to show that, to bring people together, put them on the street, engage in civil disobedience, and show that we actually are angry, demanding, and unwilling to tolerate business continuing as it has. The other piece was to go beyond just the moment and really think about building a even stronger movement, a real democracy movement that's inclusive of both voting rights and money and politics advocacy that is willing and able to mobilize people in large numbers to win the far-reaching reform that we need. And if you look back at American history, when we have expanded our democracy, women getting the right to vote, civil rights movements, staring down Jim Crow, winning the Voting Rights Act, and many other times, it's basically always in response to mass mobilization. Absolutely. And Robert, Robert people hold, that to do hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. Robert Weissman, president of Public Citizen. That's our shortest segment. When we come back, we'll talk more with him about Democracy Awakening, which took place over this past weekend in our nation's capital. More after this.
Keep Leslie in your pocket. Go to lesliemarshallshow.com forward slash members. Talking with Robert Weissman, president of Public Citizen, and we're talking about a mass demonstration of civil disobedience, of which many, including Robert, got arrested at the nation's capital. Uh, these are the final days of the protest known as Democracy Awakening. And uh, the Democracy Awakening is saying, Congress, you're failing to do your job. You're ignoring the will of the people, and specifically in three areas, many more, but these three were the top three, voting rights, money, and politics, and the recent vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. Robert, thank you for holding. Welcome back. So the people understand, um, Was a demo- is Democracy Awakening's Congress of Conscience a, a first time? Is this something annual or is this something that's that's really uh, been typified, if you will, by the vacancy due to the death of a former Supreme Court member, uh, Justice Antonin Scalia, and the refusal by the Republicans to even, uh, you know, properly have hearings and a vote uh, with the nominee that President Obama has put forth? This is the first time that the uh, democracy movement has engaged in a mobilization of this scale uh, in a generation or two, and it's the first time we've had civil disobedience at this scale um, dating back to the civil rights period. So it's, it's very new. This was, a, this was a coming together, really, of money and politics advocates and voting rights advocates. That was the core of, of the organizing. And, you know, I don't think this is going to be a one-time thing. As for the, the issue about the Supreme Court opening, and we obviously have been playing this for a long time, had no idea that the, uh, the Justice Scalia would die, that the seat would become open, Republicans would respond the way they have. Uh, when those things came to pass, we added a prong focused on the Senate doing its job. Um, that will, presumably, hopefully, <laughs> not be a part of our long-term organizing, but the rest of it will be. And I think this was an historic weekend, but it's conclusion today is is not really the end of anything. We think it's the beginning of something, the beginning of a of a new phase of the democracy movement, uh, where we're going to see more protests, more organizing in the street, more civil disobedience, uh, more disruption of business as usual. And when we look at these um, issues, let, let, let's be very clear, and so people are, you know, fully aware of the specifics when we break it down. Let's talk about voting rights. Why are people angry? And I want you to answer this, Robert, why people were so angry today. Because I know there are individuals that are aware that voting rights have been stripped or that in 2016, you know, you know, there are less rights out there, you know, specifically uh, for minorities or impoverished people or veterans or the elderly. Uh, when, you know, we look at everything that's been done to try and squelch votes, whether it, you know, be with the type of uh, voting uh, machines or process in a state, whether it be with redistricting and, and gerrymandering, um, or whether it be with uh, legislation or Supreme Court decisions. So please speak to first uh, the voting rights. Well, it's really unconscionable what's been going on in the country um, over not that long a period to really effectively roll back one of the great achievements in our nation's history, which is the expansion of voting rights, uh, the passage of the Voting Rights Act initially in 1965, but overcoming Jim Crow barriers and discrimination 
based on race at the voting booth. And what we've seen in the last several years is more than 20 states now, in one way or another, adopting measures to make it more difficult to vote. And they have been super empowered by the U.S. Supreme Court, which in its Shelby County decision eviscerated the Voting Rights Act, made it so that states that had a history of racial discrimination no longer had to get pre-approval from the Justice Department for changes to their voting system. So guess what? They thought it was a great idea, so they started adopting quickly all kinds of measures that the Justice Department never would have approved. And now we're seeing across the country just barriers to voting, sometimes not more frequently than you might guess, the proponents of these barriers to voting acknowledge that their purpose is to keep minorities away, um, to keep you know African Americans away, deter Latino turnout, make it harder for older voters who they think are going to vote Democratic. Uh, but that's plainly the purpose in all these cases. You know the rationale, as you well know, is trumped up concerns about f- uh, voter fraud, of which there's exactly zero evidence of any problem whatsoever. Uh, the real reason is to keep people away from the polls, and it's absolutely unconscionable. Um, so people, I think, are, uh, are reasonably angry about that. We, it should be, we should all be just ashamed. Uh, it really is, you know, you know the, the, just a, such a horrible harsh portion of our history. And then such a excite, you know, not, the achievements of the civil rights movement, so inspiring, speaking to the greatest strains in our history, and then to have them just roll back, pack, 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 in the last five, ten years is hard to get your head around, but it's absolutely nothing we can stand for. Oh, I completely agree. Let's talk about money and politics. You know, there's a, a lot going on with that, not just in this election year and cycle. There are people who are just like, I'm fed up and I, I'm tired of it. And uh, very much so, Senator Bernie Sanders. Um now, let, let, let me ask you, because something that bothers me, okay, today when I was on television earlier, they were talking about George Clooney having a, you know, a fundraiser for Hillary Clinton, the amount of money that he was putting, you know, there, and people throwing dollar bills at Hillary Clinton's uh, motorcade, which bothered me because I'm a Democrat and I can't stand when I see Democrats acting like Republicans. And also, you want to throw dollar bills at a problem, I, you know, know a bunch of people that are you know, out there probably would like to have a meal for their kids who are living in a trailer in the Appalachians in West Virginia, and they don't, they don't know how they're going to feed their kid tonight. But that aside, um, when we talk about money in politics, is it, 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 yes, there's money in politics, but if you notice, even the people complaining have the money. And, and when I say that, because Senator Sanders, every day I see how much he has raised overnight, 40 million in 72 hours, 37 million in 24 hours. So, uh, and I'm asking this because somebody said that to me, who's not a Democrat, and I am a Democrat. Um, obviously, a lot of people are unhappy with how much money we are spending on election cycles, especially this election year, and it just keeps, you know, getting bigger and bigger, the amounts. But some of the people standing at the top of the mountain and, you know, waving their fists, they're raising just as much money. So question, why is it wrong for one person to give 300 rather than 300 to give one if none of those people are Wall Street corporate CEOs who are going to want anything in return from the person they're writing their check to? 
Well, let me preface it by saying we're a nonpartisan organization. We don't support or oppose candidates, uh, with very few exceptions, and certainly not in uh, the Democratic primary. That said, I think, there, I think there's a very considerable difference between getting small donations and getting large donations. It matters where the large donations are coming from. Uh, well, what if, what, if a large donation, what if a large donation comes from a private citizen? Not a politician yeah, well, large, and not a corporation. The large, donate, the, large donate, the large donations to candidates always come from, from citizens because corporations are not able, are not permitted. Well, no, to no, I know. But what I'm saying is, it, 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 so if, in, the, in other words, George, George Clooney is a multimillionaire the movie star. He doesn't benefit by a politician being in Washington. He doesn't need any favors. He's not Goldman Sachs, in other words. Uh, right. The problem is twofold. One is there's supposed to be a limit on campaign contributions, around $2,700 in the primary. So at that fundraiser, to get in, you had to pay 35000 which meant you were bundling all kinds of money. And to sit at the head table, you had to give something like $350,000, which means you were engaging in the legal activity that the McCutcheon decision authorized that basically um, said you could make direct contributions through complicated election committee structures, and but blow away the legal limits. Now, you say it's correct to say they may not, you know, they may or may not be from Goldman Sachs, but there's a very limited universe of people who can give three hundred fifty thousand dollars to a political candidate, and it turns out the people who can get, there are some who are more liberal and there's some who are more conservative, but it turns out that as a class, the people who can give three hundred fifty thousand dollars, the giant campaign donors have a distinctly different view about America and what kind of policy they favor than do regular people, and there's very um, stark polling data on this, uh, including opinion surveys of the super-rich. I mean, they just have really different views. So they may, you know, they may have comparable views on social issues, but if you talk about tax policy, you talk about trade policy, you talk about things that uh, cracking down on Wall Street, uh, they actually have dramatically different views. They even have different views on things like whether the government should have a duty to provide jobs for people who want to work and can't get a job. So I think there is an issue about who gives whether, um, you know, you have these large donations or small donations. You know, and as it happens, George Clooney himself agreed. No, no, I know and, that. I know that. And, you know, I, and, and I agree, and and I agree as well. So let me ask you something, because to me, I agree as well. A lot of people say it was saying he was being hypocritical, but here's my thing. If somebody is standing there beating their chest like the, the, the King Kong on the top of the Chrysler building, that we don't, there's too much money in politics, then why play along? And I say that because if I am not going to be a hypocrite, not even naming names, and I'm running for office, and I say there's too much money in politics, I wouldn't take the $37 million, no matter who it came from and no matter how much each yeah, well, individual I think gave. The real, I mean, the bigger issue than the amount of money is the amount of big money. So, I mean, usually you sort of get big money out. And the idea is the outsized influence of the, you know, the corporate class and the super-rich. The, you know, what we want, besides just overturning Citizens United, is a, system, is a system that actually empowers small donors and then gives matching money. So the, the idea, and there are various models of this around the country, New York mm -hmm. City is, is one good one. You do have, don't, you still, still have, um, you know, citizen contributors, but they're contributing small amounts of money, under $100 or whatever the threshold is, and then they're getting matches of public money. I mean, that kind of system empowers regular people to play a role 
in the campaign funding system and does not give any superpowers to the very small number of super rich people who are dominating the system right now. So let me ask this, though. Until a system can be changed, and I agree, I can't stand the amount of money that there is. It makes to me, uh, you know, it's unreachable for some people or that they have to spend so much time raising money when they could spend more time, uh, you know, honing not just their message, but how they're going to accomplish the goal of the message they put forth to the people and spending more time with the people and and maybe getting, you know, more people to vote. And I don't like anybody being in anybody's pocket. Yeah, I don't care what party you're from, and I don't care whether I support you or not if you're with my party. Um, So I agree wholeheartedly. Um, but do you think, because of what we've seen in the last election cycle, presidential election cycle, and before with Barack Obama, uh, and, and online contributions with the grassroots organization, and with now with Senator Sanders, that maybe in our lifetime we will see a shift in this dynamic, and with marches like you have been a part of this weekend? Well, I'm... I'm a little skeptical that we can get there through the voluntary activities of individual candidates. So, you know, I think that Sanders is doing some things that are worth emulating. I'm not sure that it's broadly replicable, uh, and I don't, and I think to, by anybody. And I'm not sure, and, and there's a lot of people for whom the other approach is too desirable, even if they could replicate it. <laughs> so we, we, you know, so I don't think that we're going to get there by people um, just taking. Uh, a vow of small contributions. I think we're going to get there by winning systemic reform. And I do think that that's coming. And I think, uh, you know, it's not going to happen with this Congress. It's not going to happen the next few days. But I think uh, there is great momentum around the country. We're seeing um, cities and states starting to move to sensible solutions with these kinds of small donor match programs and public financing programs. I think we're going to get Citizens United overturned, and I think we're going to get force, really. I mean, that's the operative point. Force the Congress to take action uh, and give us a, a working, functioning system of, of public financing of elections. Yeah, I, I think that's – I don't think that day is that far off. Um, and, I think, and I think we're closer today you know, than we were a week ago because of the protests that have been going on here in Washington, D.C. But they're just – it's, again, just really the beginning of trying to build this movement that's big enough and powerful enough to win those changes. Robert, what would you say to somebody that, because I saw this criticism on Twitter of a democracy awakening, and I'm not going to mention the organizations, but that some of the organizations represented benefit from large donations to political campaigns or have benefited in the past, yet are taking part in this demonstration uh, with regard to these issues, including money and politics, yet they've in a sense been you know, a part of it and have benefited from it. What do you say? Um, well, I'm not exactly sure what that means. I mean, we had some uh, labor unions who were part of the coalition, so perhaps that's what's being referenced. Uh, I mean, they're not receiving any money. They're, they're making campaign contributions. Um, you know, they're, they're playing in the system in a certain way. Now, that when they're putting money in, of course, they're banding together the, the small-dollar contributions of a lot of people. So to me, it is categorically different than when you see corporate money come into elections. But the, and, and moreover, they're representing, you know, they're representing their members. So they're both the democratic organizations representing their members, and they have a class interest, which I think lines with those of the American people as opposed to um, the corporate class. But, be, but, but much bigger than that is that whatever it is that labor is doing in political elections, they're getting crushed 
by corporation. I mean, the corporate money in elections very is about true. 32 to one, very true. About thirty-two to one over yeah. labor. Very true. So, well, Robert, we should let you get some rest. We are out of time in this hour, but we've had you on before. I'm sure we'll uh, have you on again in the future. Robert Weissman, pu- president of Public Citizen. Thank you for all that you've done, and whether it was three hundred or nine hundred arrested, depending on which news article you read, Robert was one of three hundred more than a thousand over the past week. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, Robert Weisman, President of Public Citizen, on the website citizen.org. On Twitter, follow them there at public underscore citizen. We'll be back with Talk Media News right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. 